I'll leave this alone. <laughs> um, so, Annie, do you want to like be the first one to bring up bring up the topic of language? Oh, actually, you know, um, like how you mentioned Wei Song, um, talking about those uh, hierarchies of power and value, maybe that help. Maybe you can start with that. Oh yeah, sure. So. In the borderland, the author has mentioned about how she is being punished by her English teacher for speaking Spanish in school, and a similar things happens throughout her life. Not only like the contempt towards her language, but also the suppression of her behavior, as if the words of her group was inherently mean or sinful. They were rejected by other people living on the same land. Those white people think it is not standard and pure. And it actually reminds me of the superiority of English in China. I don't know whether it's kind of similar in South Korea too. So for a long time, the Hong Kong was the most advanced and the prosperous city in China. And it was once a British colony. So the English that came along with it was like uh, regarding that the language is spoken by the upper class. So if a person can speak English, it shows that the person is educated well. If she can speak fluent and authentic English, she will be like highly appreciated, respected. Even now, English is still one of the three major tests in China's college entrance exam. It is hard to imagine that in a country where the official language is only Chinese, but the Many Chinese students has to spend a lot of time learning English and know so little about the traditional Chinese, such as ancient poem. So I can feel like the superiority of the Chinese, uh, of the English and of the white is still kind of existed in nowadays. Um, language, yeah. yeah, language is just a big thing. It just creates, um, this value in the culture and yeah. um, you know I, this quote from the borderland uh, pops out to me it says until I can accept as legitimate Chicano uh, Texas Spanish Tex-Mex and all the other languages I speak I cannot accept the legitimacy of myself so it is very important tool to express yourself and the uniqueness of yourself the perspective that you can share, um, it just starts with your language. You can create conversations and dialogues to interact with others. Um, it's just essential for the wholeness of society. Yeah, um, I was thinking about um, Anzaldua's experience um, as well, like how violence was really motivated a lot by language in her life and how she was described as someone with a stubborn tongue um, and how her wild tongues uh, should be tamed um, and how she says that you cannot tame a wild tongue. You can only cut it out. So by, by um, trying to for someone to speak um, a language that is not theirs or have a culture that is not theirs, 
or to force someone to be another person. Um, it it is to force someone to not exist, to be cut out of themselves. Um, and Azadullah also brings a lot of um, us- usual, like uh, traditional sayings in her in her book about um, how how Mexicans talk about um, specifically her. Um, her practice of not having her mouth shut and having a wild tongue. And we have a very similar um, saying in Brazil that says, em boca fechada não entra mosquito, which means uh, a shut mouth catches no flies. Um, and uh, people also refer to girls as um, respondona, malcriada, which are, um, as Anzaldua says, in my culture, they are all words that are derogatory if applied to women. I've never heard them applied to men. Um, and she also says that language is a male discourse. So I was thinking about that, like how language creates um, this other personality, this other identity, this other consciousness, the the idea that language um, puts and and creates over uh, someone and forces them to mask their, their natural identities or how they would naturally behave um, and this is something I have experienced as well. Um, my family is from many different places, and I have always experienced some sort of code switching, specifically with language and with accents. And um, yeah, so that's something I really um, relate myself to. And this reminds me also about Dubois, um, Dubois chapter, first chapter of uh, the souls of black folk, um, where he he writes about the idea of double consciousness, and I think this is really connected with these multiple identities that you have to um, negotiate and um, reconcile somehow or reconcile within yourself. Yeah, that's a really great point. Mm, you know those conflicts you know those differences within yourself um it it's not necessarily bad we can learn a lot from it those um those different values those constant conflict um try to find the um try to find the value out of it but you just need to be listened like you just need to be ready to listen and um, not just for, from yourself, from within the community too. Um, if you respect others' opinion, and if you are ready to listen, I think we can move towards transformation or process of change. Yes, um, this idea of having a balance between these um, external and internal um gazes 
is something that is really interesting because at the same time that being able to um, change your behavior or your um, expression of your personality according to a context is somehow um, somewhat of uh, a skill um, showing that you have some sort of flexibility and you can adapt is something good. But at the same time, um, it can, as, as also Anzaldua writes, it can perpetuate um, attacks on your sense of self um, and this is something that could be very harmful and um, force people to create other um, other masks to um, express themselves in society um, as a tool for survival, of course, um, rather whether being um, hidden, um, hiding themselves, or being very expensive to be like noticed um, and acting what people would call loud. So this um, this balance of like uh, being confronted by diversity, but also um, being able to be respected for who you are and um, if you speak in a different way or you don't speak a specific language, that doesn't make you um, worse. So it, it goes back to that idea of hierarchies, right? How languages are usually um, put in this power structure, but really um, there are other ways that we could build this with um, essentially through respect I believe. Yeah, I think the like the central point is about the respect. So if like we're standing on a neutral side, where the actually the double consciousness or multiple like uh, nationality or diversity can be a really good resources when it comes to the art creation or when it comes to the writing. It can be the resources. Um, so for the art and design it is good but when it, when it comes to the real life or when it comes to the political side people suddenly want to give up everything that is not major or it's not in the mainstream they want to wash up they want to be common as the public or the most majority and i think in that aspect is what people need to really have some change yeah, I believe uh, transcommunality is really uh, an essential tool in this sort of situation. Um, by uniting um, somehow or connecting these people that have different experiences or similar experiences or similar goals, um, it is uh, a good way to understand that you can be who you are, and that there are others that share the same ideals as you and that are focused on having a non-violent and non, um, 
homogenizing society and non-fragmented society. So I think that what Child presents as transcommunality is really uh, a great tool for us to, to work with and as a methodology. I think that's why the author also thinks that the Western culture has a different attitudes towards art. So because they used to be the empire and colonize people, yeah, like a colonized lands around everywhere. So they kind of classify their collections and decide which one is priceless, which one is not. And that's the actually kind of way to make difference and to say who is the upper, who is the lower. And that's exactly opposite to the transcommunality.